off the video then. Hey guys, welcome to Self Evident Podcast. You got Massey and Michael. Miguel. Hey, El how's Miguel. it going? El, El Miguel. El Miguel. There we go. Uh, That's the real way to say I'm it. I'm really the white guy. He's the Mexican. And uh, <laughs> 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 I'm playing, man. Hey guys, go to the selfevidenttruth.com. We got some housekeeping things to take care of. We're excited because we got a guest that we've been trying to peg down. This dude is so busy, but um, we met him and I've known about him. I know some of his friends. Uh, very, very closely. I know uh, some guys from Iowa that he knows, but uh, we're, we're stoked about this guest, man. And and you're going to hear some truths and why we needed someone from the outside of the nation to come into our nation and say, wake up. So guys, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. You guys can uh, sign up for our monthly newsletter. You guys can also be a part of our Torchbearer program. Uh, the Torchbearer really is support. We really need your help. Uh, we've got a lot going on uh, in the nation. We're stopping our best uh, we're stopping socialism, communism, but we're also empowering the patriot and the Christian to take a stand and bring truth back to our churches and our nation. That's our that's our point. With that, we have this new conference called Truth to Power. It's going to be uh, coming up on January 14th and 15th. Uh, wh- one of the things I'm really excited about is we partnered with Revive Church, and I believe I'm, I'm an assistant pastor at Revive Church, um, and they support our ministry. But um, this is the first time I feel like we're going to go under the umbrella of Revive Church, and we're saying, look, let's take the church. Let's take instead of us seven who are on self-evident, let's take 700, you yeah. know, and let's go, let's go be a voice out there. So Pastor Todd's going to be speaking there, me, you, obviously, uh, and Representative Anthony Sabatini, who's a freedom fighter. You guys, he's the one who just passed or helped pass this recent uh, bill that was signed into law uh, here in Florida. That guy is a powerhouse. He was just on one of our other shows here a couple weeks ago. Uh, you guys got to check that out. But go to the website and you guys can sign up for the conference. It's free. Uh, and if you want to lunch, there's like a little cost provided. Uh, that was my wife's idea. So if you hate it, blame her. I'm kidding. She's actually in studio right now. She's producing. My She's beauty, a guest producer. My beautiful today. wife is producing. So guys, we have all that going on. Sign up on all of our platforms as well. YouTube. Uh, we have Spotify. We're on LinkedIn right now. Uh, I, I just put it on LinkedIn. All those other things. So we're everywhere. I mean, we're you can be. You can find us. You can find us. SoundCloud, all that stuff. So Apple. And, and if you're on AppleCast, if you're on Apple Podcast. Go on there, leave us a review, uh, and sign up for the five stars. If you want to give us one star, I don't care. I don't care if you hate us just or not. Leave a rating, yeah. at least. At least talk to me then, so I can actually talk to you back. Don't just hate me. You know what's worse? Let's chat. You know what's worse than hatred? Apathy. So Ooh. at least hate us. That's all we ask. Yeah, don't be a fence writer, guys. We have had enough of those. <laughs> We're actually in the state of our nation. It's in because we have been fence writers for so long, and we don't want that anymore. So uh, engage yourself. If you don't like it, tell us. Let, you know, let us know. So, guys, we have a special guest coming yes. on. Big old brother Trevor Loudon. So let me just do a quick bio form. Trevor Loudon is an author, filmmaker, and public speaker from Christchurch, New Zealand. For more than 30 years, he has researched radical left Marxism and terrorist movements and their covert influence on mainstream politics. Look, guys, this is somebody that you want to listen to. So basically, we're going to give him the ability to run free and go where he wants to, although we're going to start out some interesting topics. But right away, let's get him in here. Trevor, are you there? I am, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Awesome. So we... We've talked a lot about the the church, especially, you know, we did a podcast recently about the state of the church and and its positioning and culture. And and we're the types that we like to speak about the good of the church and what they're doing. Um, We we try not to point our guns at the church too much and say, you're all awful, you're all evil, you're all horrible. Um, But 
Massey and I have been talking a lot about this idea of what is going on in the church that is dangerous. What is starting to get its tentacles in there? You yeah, know? don't get us wrong. We we speak on sin and all these other things that have crept in the church: divorce, you know, uh, adultery, all these other things, lies, uh, subversion. I think our our message is we don't need to bash it because that's the bride of Christ. But I want to talk about how your documentary, this recent one that came yeah. out, you and Pastor Kerry Gordon and Judd Saul and all these guys uh, that produced called Enemies Within the Church. What I loved about it was it's everything we've been talking about as far as like the communistic, the socialistic views of the church, uh, how uh, organizations have used themselves to get into the church, creep into pastors' worlds, uh, become social, uh, social justice warriors. I can't remember what pastor said it in your documentary, but he said the difference between social justice and biblical justice is society demands what justice is instead of God. And it was the most killer line. I was like, this is great. So what I want to ask first is what got, what was the start, the catalyst for you to say, man, socialism is in America. I I, I need to go to America and talk about this, you know? Well, look, uh, uh, I've been investigating communism, socialism in New Zealand right back since the 1980s. You know, we we elected a socialist Labour government in 1984, and they banned US nuclear warships from our harbours. And that destroyed our military alliance with the United States, the ANZUS Alliance, Australia, New Zealand, United States Military Alliance. And I was pretty disgusted by that because, you know, we'd been saved by America during World War II from the Japanese army. And uh, I I, I met a guy who was a communist, uh, who had been a communist. He he was uh, a a senior member of the Socialist Unity Party, the pro-Soviet New Zealand Communist Party. In 1983, he went to Moscow to train at the big communist training school there. There were six... There was three and a half thousand students there from all over the world. And that's where they planned New Zealand's anti-nuclear legislation, the legislation that destroyed our military alliance with the states. So what what he taught me was this. Most of what we see coming out of the American Democratic Party, the New Zealand Labour Party, the Canadian Liberal Party, the um, French Socialist Party, the British Labour Party, comes from Moscow and Beijing. The communists set a policy, they give it to the local communists who then make it labor union policy or church policy, and the churches and the labor unions make it democratic policy. They make it Canadian liberal policy. So this started in the 80s, you know. I. Um, uh, you know, examples in America, you know, Obamacare, communist policy, um, nuclear deal with Iran, communist policy, uh, Black Lives Matter, communist policy, open borders, communist policy. Right. Uh, This is all communist stuff being enacted through the Democratic Party. And it's in the churches, social justice, critical race theory, all of these things, welcoming refugee, you know, illegal immigrants from across the border, all communist policy, all of it. Yeah. But it is, they use the unions and the churches to make it mainstream policy. This is the, the mechanism that they use. So, you know, I, I, I just, um, I was told then that, you know, America is the number one target. If they could, the communists could take down America 
there would be a communist world because right. no one could stand no one so if i want to save my beautiful new zealand i have to come here and try and spread awareness of what's happening here try and save this country because only by saving america can we restore freedom across the world absolutely and and actually i want to go on a bit of a just a tiny rabbit trail of of what's going on in new zealand right now and of yeah. course in the news what we hear is is what the government is doing are you seeing a rise up of the people in general or are the people pretty submitted to what the government's doing there well there's two schools of thought see see new zealand has had socialism for a long time so new zealanders grow up as socialists but don't even know they are socialists to a large degree so we don't have the the big conservative or libertarian movements that you would have here we have some and the, the sort of libertarian party is now probably the number third party in, in parliament. There, there, in recent days, there have been some big uprisings, some big um, marches, rallies, and you see them on the internet. And it's very gratifying to me, but we need to understand New Zealand has a, has a Marxist prime minister. Jacinda yeah. Ardern was the world leader of the International Socialist Youth in 2010. Really? Marxist, absolutely. Marxist to the core. So she's loving this stuff. Oh, I'm sure. So, she uh, she sees herself as a new Stalin, probably. Well, well she does. She, she's so condescending. She says things like, uh, with the COVID, don't listen to anything on the internet about COVID. The government should be your only source of truth. That's a direct quote. Now, that always ends that? well. Even Joe Biden couldn't get away with that. <laughs> that always ends well yes doesn't it trust we us. Old truth <laughs> trust us yeah mao okay thanks uh so even even now you just said some stuff about like new zealand and you're saying there's two schools of thought well we see all over america i get to travel a ton and i'm sure you do you travel a lot i think you were down here in our city just a oh, couple yeah, weeks years. ago no he oh. was just here like oh, yeah, two two right. three weeks ago yeah. um and yeah, i was out of town yeah, i couldn't yeah, I couldn't even make it to, to the event. I was out of town. But what I see is there are a lot of churches that are taking a stand. There are a lot of churches that are standing. They're just not being publicized. And so uh, I, I'm seeing where more and more people are waking up. We're, we are seeing people come together. Yeah. But there is a majority of these bigger churches that won't even touch politics. Mm -hmm. They won't touch anything with a 10-foot pole. What? So let's let's say an intro to enemies within the church, because I really want to talk about enemies within the church because you watched it. I watched it. Um, what would be an intro for you to say to your pastor? And the reason why I'm asking this, because there's a lot of people who watch this who go to churches who, whose pastors won't get involved. Yeah. What would be an intro for you if you sat down with a pastor who's like, I don't know, man. What would you say to that pastor to say, look, here's where we're at. Watch this video because I want to promote that thing. Well, this is what I'd say. I'd say to a pastor, if you've got a pantry full of food and your next door neighbor is starving and you do nothing to help, can you consider yourself a Christian? If your town is being flooded, everybody's down there manning the stop banks, um, put, you know, manning the pumps, trying to save the, the, the business district, and you sit, all, sit at home all day praying, can you consider yourself a, part, a Christian? Mm. If your country, which is a constitution directly inspired out of the Bible, that that has done more to spread the gospel around the world than any other, 
It is now going into hell and socialism. And you think you have no responsibility for trying to save it. Can you call yourself a Christian? Come on. I think that's it. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's nothing more to be said. I, I, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it, it, go ahead. <laughs> it's it. This type of we're tired of hearing the the church say, "Well, we can't get involved. That's politics. That's part of just that's another sphere." It's, that's the evil people. Yeah, right. the, the, we we don't want to get involved in that. And one of the things we've we've said kind of over and over is, "Look, there's no third rail. There's no third option. Either you're for yeah. or against Christ." And that means if you're not willing to get Christ involved in in politics, government, culture, Truth. that means you think Satan is better at doing that than Christ is. Yeah. And it's ungodly and it's demonic. Uh, really. I, I think what you said just before was, can you be a Christian? Look, man, faith is not works. You gotta, you, either you have the faith to take on and, and you, you either have the faith to take on the world because greater is he that is in us. Right. He says you're more than conquerors. He didn't just call you a conqueror. He said, you're more than that. So like, if we don't have that faith within us, are you even reading scripture in a lot of ways? I'm not saying every pastor has to be a politician. That's not what I'm saying, but at least have some sermons on the discourses of the day when it comes to 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 to, to sex and sin and yeah. uh, uh, immorality. Our politicians who lie to us. I mean, you would never. What I find funny, Trevor, in our nation, and I've done this many times. I used to teach uh, Constitution courses for um, Institute on the Constitution. We were teaching federal representatives the Constitution. They had no idea what the Constitution was. Yeah, yeah. They're federal representatives. And I was <laughs> always sitting here saying to myself, "Would I hire a pastor for our church who didn't know Scripture?" That doesn't make any sense. Right. Go ahead. Well, no, well, just, you know, look, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Look, no, we, go we ahead. Were, we were given three institutions, right? We were given the church. We were given the family. We were given civil government. You know, civil government is out of mosaic so. law. You know, civil. You know, the Old Testament is full of civil government advice. It's full of national security advice. It's a national security blueprint. So. If, if 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 the ch the church is supposed to be the leading institution, when the church is sound, when the church is out there, when the church is involved in the culture, the families go well. The civil government is kept within its boundaries. If the church abandons the leadership role, the families go to hell, and the and the and the civil government falls into chaos. Right. You know, it's not getting involved in politics. It is, do Christians have civic responsibilities? Of course they do. You know, um, you, you have a responsibility to your family. You have a responsibility to pay your mortgage, to mow your lawn, to change your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> to do all of those things. Why do you not have a responsibility to the civic governance of your county, your state, and your nation. What? Where? Where is it in the Bible that you get to abandon that? That, right. that is a left-wing meme that has been pushed into the churches to keep those pesky Christians out of civil government. And yeah. the, the famous Johnson Amendment was enacted by a, a, a socialist. I think Lyndon Johnson was a socialist to Gosh. basically give every cowardly pastor in the country an excuse. No, no, I can't get involved in that because I'll lose our tax-free status. 
Well, I wish every church in America lost its tax-free status. I would be right. perfectly fine with that because then we wouldn't all be paying high taxes because the churches would be in the leading, you know, the forefront of getting the tax bill down. So, no, so you're, look, you're... civic response, this is not politics. This is civic responsibility. And if you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can't avoid the fact that Christians do have civic responsibilities. So I, I, I'm understanding uh, more and more the, the Christian duty. I believe most men won't even get involved in churches and they don't want to go to church anymore because they don't have anything to do. The federal government takes over what the schools are supposed to do. They take over what we're supposed to do in feeding the poor. They take over uh, like the workforce center should be in the churches, teaching skills and all these other things. Yet the yeah. government takes care of it. Most men, they, you can see it too. They come to church. They're like, okay, great. Because they're not built to sit. They're not just built to, quote unquote, sing songs and worship. They're called to move. You know what I mean? And so you're seeing the decline of that manhood stuff in the churches. I think you said it best. Uh, Lyndon Johnson was beyond communistic. To me, he was that linchpin. And, and gosh, I wish I wish we could pull curtains and really see what was going on back at that time, because we know stuff went down with him, JFK, all this other stuff. Like, why would you take out a light like that? Who was actually and I'm not saying John F. Kennedy was perfect by any means, more morally wise. But to institute silver back into the system, gold back into the system, that was a big move. Get rid of the Federal Reserve. That was huge, right? So they were making moves. But one of the things, too, is I think that 501c3 didn't exactly silence the church. It, it gave excuses to silence the churches who wanted to be yeah. silent. It, it actually That's exposed right. the cowards. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, now I don't have to be responsible. See, the government said I can't, therefore, uh. And I think that's the biggest issue we face today is it's not that people... Like it's not a coward issue. It's or I'm sorry, it's not a uh, being under a government issue. It's a coward issue. Like a lot of them are seriously silent because they don't want to. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to learn this stuff, guys. I'm telling you, most of these big churches and, and that that don't take a stand. Most of these churches, I should say in general, it's kind of nice being not ruffled. I'll just preach Jesus, dude. Jesus transforms things. He, I mean, he transforms societies and nations. He transforms souls. He gets in the front of kings and calls them foxes. I mean, there's he transformed things. He wasn't just changing souls. It transformed cities and governments. I mean, yeah. literally, they were afraid. The Pharisees were afraid. Wait, why do they call you the king of the Jews? Are you trying to upend the government here? And it's like, it's just Jesus, like the one prophesied in Isaiah. You know what I mean? And so... I don't know. To, to, what I'm seeing more and more of uh, here in America, little by little, we're seeing the sparks of freedom. Little by little, because you're right, this isn't politics. This is civil responsibility. But we're seeing little by little sparks happening in America. What are you seeing when you travel, Trevor? Because um, first off, I got to tell you, thank you for coming from New Zealand to America. I didn't know how bad this was until 2004 or five. Um, I didn't do any studying on the Constitution until 2004. I had no clue how evil and nefarious this stuff was. I was just a kid. I'm 40 years old. This was almost 20 years ago. I was just a kid. I, nobody taught me anything. I was raised a Democrat because my parents were Democrats. Uh, they loved. They 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 thought abortion was okay. My dad's a pastor. Nobody said anything about this kind of immoral stuff. So now looking back, I'm saying, man, little by little, piece by piece, we're seeing churches come alive. Not all of them, but there's yeah. there's 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 several of them. What are you seeing going on nationally when you go out and speak to little groups and bigger groups and churches? Yeah, I think this is a time of sorting the wheat from the chaff, you know. Um, 
look, I am seeing a real resurgence everywhere I go. Like, um, this is church groups, this is non-church groups, this is, like, this is like, what I see out there is like the Tea Party all over again, but with a much younger demographic and without the nation, mm -hmm. nationwide publicity. You get all these moms, and, and you're right about the men, I'll get back to the men thing, all these moms sitting at home for a year, reading their kids' school textbooks, and just horrified at yeah. what, they, what their kids are being taught. You're seeing, watching your watching cities burning, you know, inspired by Black Lives Matter, which is a Chinese communist operation. 100%. Nothing's done. And then you see an election stolen right in front of your eyes in the world's richest, most powerful country. People are horrified. And sometimes you almost need to lose something before you start to appreciate it. Ooh. So we're seeing a whole bunch of people out there. And that should be the attitude in the church too, because we are losing American Christianity on a daily basis right now. What what you what most people think of as Christianity has drifted so far from the true faith that it's almost unrecognizable. In five years' time, through the so-called woke movement, it will be unrecognizable in most American churches. There'll still be churches, they'll still have crucifixes. But they'll be preaching social gospel. They'll be preaching critical race theory. They'll be preaching um, all of this Marxist stuff. They won't be talking about redemption. They won't be talking about repentance. They won't be talking about the Old Testament. They'll be Marxist churches, and most American Christians will not know the difference. Right, and that's that's what what really scares us. And so I I want to get into that a little bit of. What are you seeing in terms of that? Um, and it, like the the documentary, it, I want to hear your perspective of what's going on and and where the state of the church is in terms of Marxism and communism. Because I think a lot of people don't believe that it has its its tendrils and fingers right. deeply embedded into the church. I think they tend to think, well, the church is still safe. The church is still kind of removed from that. It's just the schools and the government. Well, you look at it from a communist point of view. Their goal is, is basically they want to overthrow God. That's what revolution is. Revolution is overthrowing the natural hierarchies established by God, the natural institutions, the family, civil government, um, the church, all of them are targets for the communists. Because, you know, the ultimate goal is to over, overthrow God in heaven. Now, that will never happen, but think of the misery they can afflict, inflict trying to do that, right. which is what they're doing now. Right. So what I'm seeing is we see what we call the woke church movement. We see the seeker-friendly movement. You know, let's dumb down the Bible. Let's bring in a whole, you know, let's not talk about repentance. Let's not talk about sin. Let's not, let's not talk about how, let's not, you know, hold people to account. Let's make things very seeker friendly. We'll really water it down. We'll bring in coffee shops. We'll bring in rock bands. We'll just make it a comfortable social club type of environment. And then we'll bring in a bit of left wing politics as well. We'll get them, we'll get the people out there, um, you know, you know, ending global warming and welcoming illegal immigrants and all this kind of thing. What we the churches today in America are where the universities were ten years ago. 
Hmm. They're well on the way to being Marxists. They're not all that way yet, but I'd say the majority are to some degree. And if this continues, that will completely destroy the culture of America and completely destroy the politics. Because, you know, Andrew Breitbart used to say, the great journalist, he would always say, politics is downstream from culture. Your culture shapes your politics. But he could have added that culture is downstream from your religion. Your religion shapes the culture. The culture shapes the politics. So if your politics is a complete disaster and your culture is is becoming a cesspool what is that telling you about the churches so the goal of the communists was to weaken the churches and subvert them to the left and then the bible colleges now the young pastors coming out who once would have voted for ronald reagan and supported israel and opposed communism and now are now voting for Bernie Sanders and supporting Palestine and are okay with socialism. Right. That's what you're seeing. And that is going to destroy the culture, everything that makes America great, and it's going to destroy our politics. It'll bring this country to its knees if it's not reversed. Yeah, I kind of see that in both, Trevor, what you're saying is uh, the, the subversion of culture, subversion of politics. Was it Abraham Lincoln that said, the, the philosophy in the classroom of one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in both parties, though, not just the Democrat Party. Sure. The Republicans want huge government, too. They just want it in a different way because uh, they can't hear me out on this. We were talking about men earlier, and I kind of want to get your take on that a little bit. But the Republicans, in a lot of ways, want the government to make sure morality exists when it's not a governmental issue to make morality exist. Government's job is only to secure my rights, punish evildoers, and lift up those who do well. That's it. They're supposed to punish yeah. evil. That's their job. I'm supposed to uphold morality, mm-hmm. make sure nothing gets in the way. That's the that's the Bill of Rights. So in in the Republican Party, I'm seeing government expansion. Tons of money is being spent by the by the Republican uh, Party. Uh, the Republican Party has allowed 60 trillion babies to be slaughtered. The Republican Party allowed the the, the Department of Education to be run amok in schools. They've allowed CRT. Even with the Republican-controlled Congress and Senate, they they allowed all this stuff too. So it's not just Republic or it's not just Democrats. It's an entire political philosophy that's crept in because there's no. I was talking to a friend of mine. There's no CRT curriculum. It's a CRT lens that uses that curriculum that goes into schools because you can't pinpoint what are they doing. It's the lens that these professors and these teachers view through everything. So when they talk history, they're saying, you know, America, those slave owners, it's really not a curriculum just yet. It's really the worldview that we promoting, we're promoting on these kids. But we're seeing men in a lot of ways. I don't think they're scared. And, and, and I, hear me out on this. It's not that I see everybody as inherently good. I, I believe everybody's inherently sinful, right? There's a lot of men, though, that are taking a stand now. Uh, what scares me is, and I was telling this to Deb Van Dyke. I don't know if you know, you probably know Deb. Uh, oh, she, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a dear friend. And uh, I was saying, you know, there's a lot of women's groups taking a stand. Moms for Liberty, Moms for this, Moms for that. And I'm like, where are the daddies? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so what I, I wanted to ask you about this man's, you know, we were talking about it about churches. And, you know, what if you were in a group of men at a men's conference, what would be the message you would preach to that so that we can see some, I don't want to say inspiration. That's that's a secular term. We can see a Holy Ghost walk in them and, and to move through them, you know? Well, look, this is what I'd say. 
every family knows there are two kinds of love. You know, there's the love of the mother who will, you know, bandage your knee, who will bake cookies with you and and cherish you and nurture you, will always be there with you. Every family needs the love of the mother. There is the love of the father who will boot your little backside if you disrespect your mother, <laughs> who will teach his son to be a man, his daughter to be a lady, who will take his son to the to the um ball game, take him fishing, and to the woodshed if necessary. So every family knows you need the masculine love, you need the feminine love. Masculine love has been driven from the churches. It has been driven from society. It has been driven from our politics. It's masculine love that built America. It's masculine love that stormed the beaches at Normandy, that, that sent rockets to the moon, that built colleges and churches and universities and evangelized the world onward christian soldiers marching as to war that used to be american christianity the love that we see in the churches today is all feminine love well we'll welcome you don't worry about that look look don't be gentle on yourself um you know Look, okay, go out and sin all week, but as long as you come to church and say you love Jesus, everything's going to be okay. No, you need the masculine love too, calling to account, calling to repentance. That is essential in families. It's essential in churches. And we see the results when families don't have masculine love. Look at all the young, all the young men out there rotten in jail today because <laughs> they never had a father to take them out hunting or to the ball game or discipline them. All the young women out there drifting from relationship to relationship because they wouldn't know a good man if they fell over one because they wow. never had one in their life. Well, that's the church today. You know, I remember the pastors who used to preach sermons that would chill your blood. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, the old Catholic priests who would get the boxing gloves out and teach the boys how to box. That masculine love has disappeared from the churches and the churches are immensely weaker for, from it. And that's the re response to the culture. You look at all the ads on TV. Most of the ads on TV are about stupid men being told what to do by their very smart wife or their kids. You know, masculinity has been deliberately um, attacked in this country by the Marxist left. It's in advertising, it's in Hollywood. Um, the hero has been eliminated that, you know, so we, we've got all these young, pansified young men, all these metrosexuals and whatever, who are ashamed of being guys. Right, And that's in the churches, and that's in society, and that's in government, it's in the GOP. It, you know, we're a wussified society, and, and it, the churches it started from. So you're not going to get a man bun anytime soon, Trevor? Look, if I saw anybody, I told I told it here, address a friend of mine the other day, I said, if anybody comes in with a man bun, you're going to lock that thing off, right? <laughs> you're, you're gonna, that's your duty. You, you 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 cannot go to sleep that night unless you've locked that man bun off. Yes, yes, 
Forgive me, I'm all my right. friends who have man buns, but uh, I was gonna say Jared's working on. Hey, one now, Jared's working he? on one now. Yeah, <laughs> Jared, yeah. lop it off. But, but these, you know, go to the pastor. You got this young youth pastor. He's wearing skinny jeans. He's got a wispy beard, and if he's got a beard at all, and 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 he's all about drinking the lattes and, you know, accepting every every weak thing you can possibly think of. You know, the youth pastor should be taking the boys out rock climbing. You know, it should be um, going out hunting with the boys, you know, doing masculine stuff. Yeah. You know, this is the role, you know, youth pastors should be a, a masculine figure, not some wimpy. Um, you know, we have a great scene in the, um, in the beginning of the movie. We go, I'm, I'm Fred. I'm a youth pastor. I'm 29 from New Jersey. I'm gay. This is my That's friend. That's right. He's 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 straight. We're gonna live our lives together. Um, Nathan, you know, Joe's straight, and he's gonna get married one day. And I don't know how that's all gonna work out, but we're gonna spend the rest of our life together. That is the absolute opposite of what a youth pastor should be. That's disgraceful that any church should allow their young people to be pastored by people like that. Yeah, that's not even a church at that point. That's that's a, that's heresy, and and yeah, that's that we're afraid to even use that word. That's straight up heresy. That is not yeah. scriptural. And they preach this doctrine, which isn't even a doctrine. They can't even find where that would be in scripture. And that's the issue. I think it's two ways. One, when you're illiterate to scripture, you accept anything that comes in that looks like love because it's emotional based. And when you were talking about kids who vote for Bernie Sanders, same thing. They know free stuff. Bernie says, we're not like other countries. We need to be like Sweden and Denmark and all those other places. We're not supposed to be like Sweden and Denmark. We are a separate nation, independent and sovereign because of that. We weren't supposed to be like other nations. And the last time we wanted to be like other nations, it didn't work out well for the people, children of Israel and King Saul. It didn't work out good at all. And I, I think the the, for lack of a better term, the feminization of a, a, the church culture, you know, like, like Trevor was saying this, you look at Eve, Eve was fall, fell under delusion, right? right. It was Adam deception. who sinned, right? It was a deception as the church feminizes and the masculinity is removed. All of a sudden the church is open to buying into new theories, new ideas, emotionalism, new, yeah, yeah, nurturism yeah. and, and Marxism brings itself forward as the new father figure to to insert itself yes. and say I'll take care of you we'll take care of everything let's go this route because let's love and let's love everybody you know I, I didn't even catch it until you said it but then too they condemn the dad for being a disciplinarian but the eff the efforts of communism and socialism is force yeah but their force is justified because they're caring yeah. about you but yeah, they'll condemn they'll condemn a dad who would who goes to the woodshed with his kid saying that's abuse, but a government will do it. I'm sorry, Trevor, I cut you yeah, off. Yeah, well that's it. You know, this is a power vacuum thing. They want to destroy the masculine virtues, masculine Christianity, you know, the, the concept of the constitution, the war of independence, all of that. They want the the American history, they want to destroy all that masculine history to create a vacuum so their tyranny can come. And that's coming in the church. That's come is like like guns, you know. The left doesn't hate guns. They just don't want you to have guns. They want to have 
Yeah, uh, it's true. You know, that's what the whole, you know, disarm them. The left, left loves guns. You go to any communist country, there's guns everywhere. Just people don't have them, the government does. So, you know, you look at the black families, and you look at the families in America, Lyndon Johnson, the socialist, instituted the Great Society. And he made that right. famous statement, because the black population at the time was the lowest on the socioeconomic rung, they got the socialism first. The black communities used to have lower divorce rates, higher church attendance rates, and lower illegitimacy rates than did the white population. But this great society came in and became the dad. The government became the father. The fathers had nothing to do. They abandoned the homes, and the black community fell into chaos. And that's happened to other communities as well. It's just the blacks got it first because they were at the bottom of the socio-economic rung. So the socialism hit them first. So all of the virtues, when you lose the manly virtues, when you lose masculine Christianity, you are going to get something way worse because you have removed the defense from your church, from your family, from your country. And you are going to get something that's way more oppressive and way more tyrannical yeah. in its place. That's that's a given. Power, you know, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. When you haven't got it in your society, when you haven't got masculinity in your church, your family, or your society, something else will come in and it won't be pleasant. A hundred percent. I think too, having a one size fits all dad just doesn't work. I think I look at I think about my boys a lot. And I think about God destined me. He wanted me to be their father. So how mm -hmm. I discipline, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm, I'm beating the kids or anything, but I'm tough on my kids. I'm very hard on the kids. And sometimes my wife and I will say, gosh, I'm kind of hard on them. But you know, what's funny is I, it was, I was very, very, I was, I was raised very strict, extremely strict. Didn't do me too bad. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't go out and do stupid things, but I think each father too, when you have your children, they're yours for a reason. God gave you those kids to raise the way he saw that you would parent that kid under him, right? When you have a government system trying to be a one-size-fits-all dad, it never works because the attention's not there, the, the advice isn't there, uh, the, 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 the occasional correction or the occasional uh, slap on the yeah. back of the head is needed, right? And so, too, with the black community, I didn't know a lot of this stuff uh, probably four or five years ago. Uh, until now, when I started studying it, dude, not only did the great society destroy the dad system in blacks, they went into they started redistricting, you know, all this other stuff and then removing like a lot of the uh, places of work, uh, you know, where, where a lot of these guys were masons. They were they were welders. They were they were carpenters. They didn't have college degrees. And these guys were successful. The blacks were very successful uh, uh, people because they're industrious. They're very talented. But then all of a sudden it was a breakdown. It was a breakdown of all this moral fabric, and it didn't just happen in the blacks. Look at the whites, too, now. That, you mean, mm -hmm. we look at black crime. We say black on black crime. And this, look at the white on white crime. It's, it's, it's a government system. They don't care about blacks. They care about control. They don't care about whites. They care about control. They don't care about Asians. Mm -hmm. They care about control. And the only way you can control them is if they're all immoral. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. immorality breeds weakness. And, and then the, the strength comes in, the crackdown comes in from above. You know, 
they could never take down America while American was staunchly Christian, strongly masculine. They would never take down America. They've weakened American masculinity. They've weakened American churches and we're on the verge of falling. It hasn't taken them that long. And I, I think what's interesting is you've noticed China has started cracking down on on the feminization of their own men. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Which the the kind of the blowback of so this this investment in breaking down the masculine culture of America has found its way back into the communist regime and they're having to defend against yeah. it. And what they're trying to do is build the masculine man for the, the greater good of the, yeah. the communist party. And, they, and the coming war. Yes, exactly. Because while they're talking about stronger soldiers and, and men who will go into the front lines, we're talking about women who sign up for the army because, hey, my mom and dad are transgender. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's why like, I you, you know, Russia and China uh, are getting ready for war the u.s military is getting ready for mascara <laughs> and that's a sad reality it is reality it's it's such a scary thing that we yeah know. yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back to this uh enemies within the church trevor how 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 can we get a hold of it uh as as a people one but second I want this to be shown in churches and I got a lot of friends who are in churches and I'm putting it out to them. And, um, we obviously want to make donations to, to these guys because they, they're literally, it's labor of love, but they got to cover costs. So how do we get with that? And we'll put the graphic up when we edit this, we'll put the graphic up with the DVD and all that stuff. But how can, how can we get a hold of that? And you've got some other DVDs you've worked on with these guys as well, right? Yeah, sure. Well, you just go to enemieswithinthechurch.com and you can either download it, you know, um, pay-per-view download, or you can order a hard copy DVD. And so enemieswithinthechurch.com. We'll also have our, our, our previous movie, which was Enemies Within, which exposed the, the hundred or so um, members of Congress who are either involved with the communist movement, the radical Islamic movement, etc. So uh, I'll tell you this, I was brought into this, um, not for my theological knowledge, because I understand the left, I understand the communists. <clears throat> so I knew that uh, the communists had deeply penetrated the government. But I even I was shocked at the depth of penetration by real communists of not just the mainstream churches, not just the Episcopalians, the, the Lutherans, the Methodists, that's been going on for nearly 100 years. What I was shocked at is the penetration of the evangelical churches, the Southern Baptists, because they were the last bastions of real Christianity in America, the last bastions, and they tended to vote politically conservative too, you know, as, as you would if you understand the Bible, you should be a political conservative. You should believe in limited government, individual responsibility. It goes together. So what I saw was the, was the attempted conquest of the last institution of real Americanism, the last institution of true Christianity. And so this is what the movie's about, this infiltration, how to recognize it <clears throat> and how to fight back. 
Kerry Gordon does a great vignette in the movie. He talks about, you know, people in shops, they're trained to identify counterfeit bills, right? Right. You know, but they don't do it by studying counterfeits. They do it by studying a real bill so they can see how really, how a real bill is put together. Then you can easily see counterfeits. We make the point when you know real Christianity, you can see counterfeits easily. But because most people now are being taught counterfeit Christianity, they have no idea. They've never seen the real thing. They have no idea what it is. So though yeah. there are millions of people going to churches every week, the majority of them are basically getting some dumbed down version, some left wing version of the real thing. And they think this is real Christianity. They just don't know. I think that this this documentary especially and, and the work that you guys do is so important to to get over that and start, you know, honestly, it's going to be training up the next generation. And that's the biggest step thing is step. getting this in the hands of the next generation because they we've we've got to fight it at the source. And so it's one of those things that we're trying to do as well as much as we can is is get to people and get them the right information and the truth before they start getting brainwashed by all of this crap that's that's put its hands in there. But I think that this is doable. This is very doable yeah. for us to do. And and I hear a lot of people, ah, oh, once it happens, it's done. <laughs> well, then, you know. Yeah. Forget every story. Forget up, every you know? story like, in scripture where God yeah. delivers his people. It did get worse before Absolutely. it got better, for sure. But yeah. he still delivered his kids. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Pastor, or I'm sorry, Pastor Trevor, you're not Might a pastor. Well. I, I don't know if you are or not, but I don't think no, you're a pastor. No, no, no. Uh, but I will say I, I'm so excited uh, when I, again, when I watched the video, and I'm saying this from, from me, Massey. I watched it. Um, I endorse it. I told Judd, I, I texted him right away. I was like, bro, I am so speechless about this. And what it did was confirm our church here at Revive. I'm the assistant pastor there. And we've got six, 700 people. And just this year, this last year, pastor stood up on the stage and said, I'm not going to close the doors. If I go to jail, I go to jail. It is what it is. Um, right. But he said this year, we're going to start endorsing candidates and we need to. We need to be involved in what's going on in politics because it's not politics. It's God's government. It sits on yeah. his shoulders. And so we're, we're, we're very excited about what's happening and we know other churches will join. And even if we're the only ones, God with one man is a majority. So it's we're, we're, we're excited. And I love what you guys are doing, Trevor. I, I want to say thank you for joining us. I know how busy you are. Uh, and I was honored to meet you at that event we did in Fort yeah. Pierce. Uh, you, what you spoke was like, it was, it was in our hearts too. Uh, and we just appreciate you, brother. I, I really do. You know, I saw you guys speak and uh, I was very, very impressed. So I went up to say thank you for what you said, not knowing that you had mutual friends that you knew Judd Saul and all. I, I had no idea of the connection, so it was pretty fortuitous, I thought. But yeah, look, um, I, I think we all understand we are a minority to some degree, but, you know, Gideon's army, you know, David versus Goliath, the American oh. patriots, you know, the American farmers and blacksmiths were squirrel rifles who went up against the world's greatest military empire and created the greatest country the world has ever seen. That is the spirit. That is the that's, spirit that's that it. we need. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love that. That's something, again, that's that hope of 
when you go up against a nation with 500 billion people or half a billion people, I should say, to a nation that had two and a half million and only what, 6% of that fought in the Revolutionary War and we won. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's God. That is the spirit of God. There's no other way to say it. It yeah. had to be the Lord that intervened. And so uh, I want to thank you again for, for uh, joining us, Trevor. Uh, do you got any thoughts, closing thoughts on this? No, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And we'd love to have you back, uh, connect with you no, soon. Absolutely. Bring him to the church too, man. Do yeah. an event there. Yeah. That'd be great. So, yeah, look, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I hope people will see the movie. I think it's one of the most shocking things I'll ever see, but one of the most inspiring things I'll ever see as well. And we put it out there so people could see, put a stake in the sand. What's right? What's counterfeit? Because right. you know, they've got to know that. They've got to see to make an informed choice. When people see the real choices before them, they'll make the right choice. Right. There's so much fog out there. There's so much half-truth and heart and lies and whatever. It's hard to discern what is right. Well, we think this movie will help a lot of people make those decisions. Come on. Amen. It's right there below. Uh, my, my wife just had it up there. It says enemieswithinthechurch.com. You guys got to order one. Uh, or pay-per-view, show it at the church, collect yes. a donation, please, because, again, it takes a lot of money to do these things. The film work is incredible. Yeah. The, the images they use were incredible. I mean, top-notch. I guess, if I'm not mistaken, Trevor, didn't they bring in someone from The Chosen? Like a yeah, producer? The, the, the design, the, the main um, editor was from the same house that does The Chosen, the same um, production company. So we it deliberately well went for good values, you know, for, for so it would look good. And, and that gives credibility, you know, but we want people, we want it, we want to make it entertaining, educational and inspirational, but, but it's, it's a crime story. This, the, the attempted fraud happening in the church, it's a, it's a homage to, to Christianity. It's an inspirational thing. It's this elements of theology in it, elements yep. of philosophy in it. So I think it's a very engaging production and i'm really hoping millions and millions of american christians well we're going to put it in 20 languages you know come on so yeah. we, this is for a world market you know this yes, is sir. Uh, portuguese spanish chinese korean uh french german the whole lot because i think the the issues that outlines are universal these are these are issues that are affecting the church all over the western world all over the third world, everywhere. And, and we hope it'll it'll help in a much needed spiritual revival. I think it'll, it'll help some people um, spark that off. So that's yeah. what we're hoping. Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll end it with this. Well, you, know, you can comment on it, but I was talking to Deb, and she said you guys were supposed to release it in 2020, but COVID happened, and it was actually a blessing because you guys could really see yeah, yeah. last that, that 2020 yeah. what it did to the church how the church shut down in a lot of ways. And it was like only added to the story and only added to the DVD. And it was like a blessing. It was like God showed, okay, this is where we're at right now. It was 2020 was a, a very good litmus test of where we are as a nation and a church. And so yep. it was such a blessing in a sense. I don't want to say that COVID is a blessing. I'm not, I'm not going there, but it was you, a you wake know, up call. Yeah, it was a wake up call. It really was. Call. It really was. And so guys, I encourage you go on to enemies within the church.com. Go order that. Uh, again, show it at your church, guys, and, and I'll, I'm sending out personal invites to, to churches to do it as well. Uh, Trevor, thanks again, man. God bless you. Thanks for the fight, uh, and thanks for coming all the way from New Zealand to come here. Thanks, Massey. Thanks, Mike. It's been a real pleasure. I hope we can do it again soon. Let's do it soon. Absolutely. Let's Thank do it soon. you, God sir. bless you, brother.
Take care. Thanks, uh, thanks guys. Yep. Please. I, I this is yeah, like <laughs> but again do you see how he came in with the reproof but it wasn't like a stupid idiots reproof yeah, no it was... it was a reproof it's you see socialism and when i started seeing the video i'm like god i knew that too yeah. and i didn't see it and like how masculinity is being taken out like sometimes when and, and i know how they do it emotionalism they've yeah. trained us how to think emotionally right so when the black lives matter movement came on all the pastors were like well, we got to go sit down with a black dude and try to get their story on culture. And it's like, why are we dividing Christians against Christians? Why are we saying that there's black and white Christians? We're all Christians. Yeah. We have to lead the narrative of we are one race, one blood, and, and we're children of God. You know. And you know what that made me think of is, so <laughs> there's this old adage about men of, I hate you, you're a jerk swing and then go have a beer together that's like, right that's that's, right. that's how the different races should be acting with each other in the church is like okay we had this issue we had this stuff now we've got to keep 100 percent. we're moving forward we're not looking backwards like we're we're here to go forward for the lord right and and i think this masculinity issue the the issue is so pervasive in the church and we need to put a spotlight on it because if we don't bro then then we're blind yeah i mean imagine if jesus thought emotionally about his death why would i want to die for the sins of these people who would hate me why would i he was not thinking emotionally he was thinking by commandment and principle right he said his father gave him a command and the only command it was given to him was he would raise his body in three days right it's like Christ couldn't even think on an emotional level. He couldn't think that way. It had to be principle because had he not thought principle and thought emotional, he would have never confronted the Pharisees. He would have never confronted Herod. You know what he would have done with that woman at the at, at the well? He'd have been like, "Let's go have a talk. Let's go find a let's go find a Pharisee or can, Sadducee. Can we connect? On can we? This? Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's let's sit down and talk about this." No, he went right at it when he goes with the woman who was caught in adultery with the you know the the the, the prostitute. It's so crazy how he first. Got she got saved, she was made whole, she was healed basically. Then he says to her, Go and sin no more. No. Why would he do that? Because he knew there's two sides to this. Yes, you got your blessing, but then there's this other side of personal responsibility that you have to maintain this because you don't want seven times worse to come upon you, type of thing. So there's this teaching that has been lost in translation. And thank God, Todd and I were talking about this. We're I can't let you all in it yet, all of you. But we're next year going to see it's an election year. You're going to watch some things from the church that need to change. And we're going to be preaching individually on these topics nationally because we have to. And, and right now, what we're seeing is not just an apostasy of the gospel, right? It's an apostasy of a man. And we need to get back to those things. Yeah. And I, I think the one thing that we have to put down here as well is, you know, I was thinking about this trait of going by principle, going by, you know, and being willing to say the hard word, if you want to give sure. a picture to it. It's not just men that need to act that way. It's women as well. Women need to, to come along inside each other and give the hard word. What happens is this, when we, when we take on the emotionalism, relational, uh, God loves you. I, you, know, you know what I mean? Like I all get, of a sudden it becomes a, it's that, that di- balance between love and truth. And when that pendulum swings too far to love, we, we start giving up the truth. And I think a masculine trait is to swing it more towards truth. Right. And I, th- I think the, the men lead the way the women need to follow and right. the women will follow. Right. Your, your church is in a real tough position 
when the men aren't leading and yeah. the men are sitting. Yeah. And, and it gives, and, and it, you know, I think about people like representative Marjorie green, you know, who's a Republican and she's vocal, extremely vocal, but it's almost like she had to be put in that position. I'm not saying women aren't fighters. Of no, course no, they're no. fighters, yeah. but she almost had to be put in that position to speak in masculine terms to say, yeah. stop this mess. Right. What a crappy thing that we've allowed that to happen as men. That she has to that. Do she that. had to do it. I'm not saying she wouldn't have done it whether men right. were in it or not, but I'm saying what a crappy position that a woman has taken up that mantle to do that. This is why, again, it's like, yes, women need to do it, but it's almost like, dang, they shouldn't have had to. Shouldn't have had not, to. Not in that way, shouldn't I Shouldn't have say. had to worry about right. it. Right. Their, their, their form of, 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 I want to say masculinity, I guess, or their form of advance is not only just keepers at the home, but man, business. Read Proverbs 31, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, what's a virtuous woman? That isn't a feminist chapter. That's no. a that's a very masculine chapter for women. If you look at it in context, you know, she she goes and purchases fields. She she uh, takes her talents and multiplies them. Her heart, her husband safely trusts in her heart. That's stuff that she has to have integrity for. Yeah. But the men almost in a sense, and I, and I want to say this as honest as I can be, abdication of responsibility must fall to somebody. Government, schools, mm -hmm. women, sons. You see a lot of the times now sons who are actually successful had to be the father in their families. It's weird. You know what I mean? There's there's a couple of things there. Um, in that sense, there's this sense of absolute sovereignty. And there's philosophers that talk about, look, sovereignty, the, 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 the buck stops here has to happen somewhere. Yes. It's supposed to fall on the men. Notice in Proverbs 31, doesn't talk about her defending the home. Mm. It doesn't talk about her going to war to defend the city. It <laughs> doesn't true. talk about her taking up the Although, sword to protect. I, th I think my wife would. She would. Doesn't yeah, mean, she, but if she has to, you've done something wrong. Well, I mean, take it easy, man. I, <laughs> I think she'd be out there with me is what I'm saying. Probably, but she shouldn't have to be on the front line. No, you're right. You're you know right, what I mean? Right, like, right. and, and. I'm kidding. This this gets into the whole women in the military thing, which we which have to talk again. Talk about you know we've done it before, and we'll have to do it again. But if we have to have women in our military, we're doing something wrong. Exactly. It's not that women can't do that. How dare they? It's no. I don't want the ones who continue the entire race civilization. I don't want them. To have to go fight my wars. 100%. I'm expendable. You're exactly, not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because our kids, right? So guys, hey, listen. What an interview. I love Trevor. But go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Why? Because we have this conference coming up. There's several th reasons why you should go to The Self-Evident Truth. But go there and sign up for this conference that we're gonna about to queue up right now. It's on the... There you go. It's my, my wife's like third time producing this. There you go. So we're going to show you a clip here quick on the conference, and it's a free conference. We want you to sign up, guys. How do you want to destroy communism and all this stuff and actually stand for values? This is the conference to learn. Watch this. On the coronavirus, order that everyone is vaccinated. These are the executive orders, which don't need congressional approval. The new vaccination requirement. So in America, there's always a crisis going on. You see it all over the media where people are talking about crises and what's going on in America, but it's always been the Christian that takes a stand. And on January 14th and 15th of 2022, we are having a Truth to Power conference where Revive Church and Self Evident are partnering together to say, we can do this church. So I'm calling out to the pastors and the church leaders, listen, 
We have always had this mentality that there has to be this separation of church and state, and we've let it lead to a place where the church no longer has influence mm -hmm. in government. I'm telling you that's wrong. I'm telling you that's ungodly. It's time for you to understand what the role of the church in government is so that we can have an influence and stop the moral decline of our country. It's time for the Christian to rise up, and sometimes you've wondered, what do I do? How do I do it? It seems so secret. We're going to have people there who are going to teach you how to do it. And we're also going to have a special guest. Representative Anthony Sabatini is going to be speaking. He's going to show you why you should get involved as well. So if you guys want to register, it's a free event. You're going to have lunch there provided as well for a small cost. But you can go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. Register now. We, the seats are filling up fast. And guys, we want you there. Again, January 14th and 15th, 2022. Revive Church, self-evident. We're coming together to say we can do this. Love and it. that's it. So there, we've done these conferences. I've been to many conferences. I'm most excited about that we're showing people now how to fight. And that's that's it. It's not just saying, okay, what do I do now? Everywhere we go, well, what do we do to change it? Change it. Like, do it. Like, I. the, the funny thing is, is people ask me this a lot. I, I, You probably get it too when you go to your events because I don't go to all your events because I'm speaking somewhere where you're, you're speaking. But I get it a lot. Like, how do you, what do we... I'm like, nobody ever taught me what to do. I just started doing. I said this at the last conference I did in Colorado. You know how I started? I started. There was no plan. It was just, I started. I went out going talking about this stuff, kind of started building right. a, a little thing. Then things started to grow. We're seven years in, where now we have uh, influence, we have curriculums, we have all these other things going on, doing conferences for crying out loud with Representative Anthony Sabatini. I mean, just... You're right. Our pastor now is like saying we need to yeah. the, the church and self-evidence partnering up now. It's like, dude, we're seeing it transform because we started. I think and, and people ask, well, what do I do? What do I do? The immediate response is, well, what can you do? People need to think about that. What what can you do? You have to have it in your heart that there's something that I can do. And guess what? It does not have to start in a grand thing. You can start very small. Come on, dude. The biggest corporations and companies and ministries and businesses, whatever, started small. It had to start somewhere. Right. And, and I you think, can set it. And, and I think we look at it and go, well, I can't do all that. Maybe you're not called to. That's right. Or maybe you're called to. But you have to start. You Bingo. know, the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Bingo. Actually put your foot forward and start something. Even if it's a Facebook page that you invite a bunch of people to. Now make the next step after that and keep making your steps. Keep looking forward. But it's time for you to do something. Yep. There's Here, something you can do. This is it, guys. This is the weekend. This is the day you can start something. You can actually say today, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that thing that's been on my heart. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to go encourage. I'm going to go teach my kids this. I've been putting this off for too long. You know what? I'm going to be the one that started leading the Bible studies in home. I'm going to be the one that's going to be doing this. Men who want to lead your families, who want, you know, restoration, yeah. restitution. God will give it to you when you start doing it. Yeah. Like, it's not a works thing. He's already promised it to you, right? But it's like, Lord, I need a million dollars. All right, I'll give you the strength to go get it. You know what I mean? Like, really, <laughs> it's it's a balance. It's faith and works. And so go do that. Go do that thing. So again, theselfevidenttruth.com. Join us uh, for that conference. Become a torchbearer, guys. Sign up monthly uh, to be a partner with us, and you're going to get a bunch of cool stuff. We're actually coming out with a new program here very soon that will include our curriculums, which is going to be great. Uh, so you guys can get on that uh, torchbearer society uh, on the self-evident truth. And lastly, happy turkey day. Well, uh, we're past happy turkey day. Yeah.
It's on to Christmas now. And it is on, man. Start the carols, baby. Start the carols. So we love you guys. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Keep tuning in. We're going to keep doing lives as best we can. We haven't been doing them. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been crazy, but we will get back on doing the lives. And join our fireside chats where Carrie and I really talk deep on issues. God bless you guys. All right. Love you guys.